This is basically the problem that we have in the world. Normally, if kids are chutzpidic and rebellious, it's because they're tough people with a tough character and they don't care about you. What we're discovering, what we have discovered with thousands and thousands and thousands of kids who went off the derech, who are extremely rebellious looking, is that really they're very internally positive, polite, happy, they want to please, they're people pleasers, they're sweet, they're sensitive, and they're caring. So what happens is, when you go to somebody who does something like lie, manipulate, something that you can define as selfish, midos ras, and things like that, and you go ahead right away, you look at them like with disgust and frustration and anger, and then you punish in consequences, that's because normally, in order to do this thing, that's the right approach to deal with someone because that person who did that is angry and, and doesn't care about you and doesn't care about society and you have to like try to push things into bimachanach them. However, when the person is doing it, really is sweet and sensitive and caring and does not want, and if you look at them while you're angry at them, you'll see this like lost puppy kid and they, it creates such anger and frustration for them because they're really polite, sweet, sensitive kids. So why did they do this craziness? Right? So you could say rachstus, but really we know it's pain and trauma that causes them to act out of their own character trait. And that's why I always ask parents, what is the nefesh of the Adam? What is a nefesh hayeled? What was this child like when, when I mean, you raise this kid, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. That doesn't change. And 95% of you say, sweet, caring, smart. And now it's like you don't care about rules, you don't care about society. So that is the disconnect that's happening. When, when Gayim are in juvie, I don't know them, you know, I don't work with that population, but what it seems like, those kids, they don't care about society, they're anti-society, they're rough, they're tough, they're not, they're not sweet nishamas. Our kids who go off the derech and are struggling, they don't mean to do those things that are driving us crazy. And I'm talking about even kids who steal cars Friday night. It's the pain, it's like two plus two is seven, to have sweet, kind, caring personality, and then all of a sudden there's this behavior that doesn't add up, and that's because there's a missing piece, and that's always pain. It's always pain. So when you go ahead and you respond, quote-unquote, normally to an abnormal action, but you have the wrong diagnosis, because if you really want to help the kid, you would look at him and understand, I know you. You would say, this is not you. Something's going on. There's something that's causing you to behave this way. And you don't rip apart the trust. You don't create more of an attachment disorder in the kid. Then the kid can get healed and feels like, yeah, and he'll open up to you and he'll say, you're right, I'm sorry, as we have so many hundreds of stories that if we approach the kid as good and give them the space, then they apologize and they realize, I don't know why I did that. See, we don't, as adults, and, and we grew up, we were kids, we also didn't have that. We don't understand the concept of doing something that you really did not want to do. With KIPS, with kids in pain who suffered from trauma and learning disabilities and audio processing delays and all kinds of stuff, they really do things, honestly, they really do things. If you do a lie detector test that... Yeah, they were there, and they're smart. Like the parents say, oh, they, they can manipulate the whole world. You think he didn't know what he was doing? You think she didn't know what he was doing? They, they don't hop what they're doing. And the proof is when they speak to their friends. They give the best advice. 
When they speak to other people, when there's no pressure on them to behave a certain way, they give the best advice, the nicest advice. They really want love and acceptance. So when we respond with anger and frustration, even just looking at them with disgust, because we think that they did this because of bad midos, look at their face. They're so red in the face, they're so angry, and they're so hurt, and they're in so much pain. Because it was the wrong medicine. Not because we don't care. Not because we want to be their friend. Not because we think that we can never say anything bad to a kid. It's the wrong medicine. The kid has a cough, right? And you're angry that you woke me up at night, but meanwhile it's because he's coughing. You have to give the right medicine to get rid of the cough. If the child misbehaves, you must know what is it coming from. What is it naivea from? What is the diagnosis of the behavior so we can fix it? Like you said, a car. A car starts making noise. Before you fix it, you have to know what is the problem. Is it the brakes? Is it the transmission? What is the problem? If you misdiagnose the problem, you'll never fix the problem. Isn't that it? Most of us misdiagnose when our kids misbehave. We really do. That's why we punish quickly. We can't wait. We can't think about it. We're not going to discuss it with the spouse, get another perspective. No. It, it, it might not turn out the way I thought it was. We don't have time for this. We're in a rush. We get angry and angry and angry and frustrated and angry. And we always are not down the kafschus. And now we're seeing, when it says how they done as kal ha'adam l'kafschus, we thought that's like, uh, not kal ha'adam l'kafschus, everybody, well, really, steal a car on Friday night, everybody. And now we're seeing kids who did do the worst things. And I can tell you, Mamish, if you would understand what's going on in their brain and you spend the time to get to know them in a non-judgmental way so they open up to you, you'll see it's Lakavskos. Mamish Lakavskos. But one of the tzaddikim that I know and many rabbanim know and they all say he's a tzaddik, he's Mechal Shabbos. And you would say, oh, Mechal Shabbos, and if the base of Middash was here, we would kill him. You, you don't know the story so you're not down Lakavskos. If you would know the pain and the frustration and the trauma that this kid went through, you would see it's Lakavskos. As many people who talk and know the story all agree, tzaddikim, all agree. They say, Mamish is a tzaddik. I can tell you story after story after story that he's done things for Hashem that I doubt any normal person did for Hashem. Struggles, overcoming challenges, karbanas, sacrifices that he gives to Hashem, which is, is nairavayim. So it can't be that he's a cheshbin, he's, he's Russia and he's bad, because... His biggest dream is to be from and Erlach, and he does everything he can. Mamish, unbelievable. And that's your kids. So, if you don't want to judge, then you don't get into trouble. Don't judge. You don't know. Don't judge. Don't judge a person until you walk a mile in his shoes. And then, you're already a mile away, and you have his shoes. So keep walking. <laughs> or if you're going to judge, judge favorably. If you're going to judge, like the Sfasema says, have a done as kal ha'adam l'kavs Judge every person. It should say, have I done as kal adam? What's as kal ha-adam? The whole ha-adam? Says the Sasemis, you shouldn't judge anybody. But if you're going to judge a person, you have to judge as kal ha-adam, the gansamensh, the whole person. From when he was born, every pain and trauma and everything that happened to him, and you'll see, it'll be lakavskos. So that's the disconnect. We're misdiagnosing. We look at the kids who are acting out and we think they need punishment and really the reason they're acting out is because they're missing love and affection and connection because somebody hurt them. The tzaddikim, 
Always did that. If you look at every story, and I'm collecting hundreds, if anybody has stories, send it to me. I'm putting a book together. I have thousands, literally, of pages of beautiful stories. But every, whether it's Lavavitcher Rebbe, the Satmar Rebbe, Rav Steinman, whoever it is, the Chazanish, every story ends the same. The young people, the Katne Hadas, the Menahel, and the Rebbe, and the parents come in. I want them to die. We've got to throw them out of Yeshiva, right? It's always the same thing. And the Gadol always comes up with a way to not lose the kid. With calm, with patience, with love, they always save the kid. I never heard of a story that they went to the Rebbe and they told him what happened. The Rebbe said, yep, out. No. Every story comes out. Rebbe Vadi Yosef, it doesn't matter where you're from. Everybody we look up to, it's a gadol, realizes that these kids are good. A neshama is a mamish. And stop using the Gaya cup to diagnose our from kids. Right? And that's what we have to start doing. We have to start realizing that what you just said. He's be'etzim a positive and polite person. He would like to be positive and polite his whole life. The problem is because of his major pain and trauma, he screws things up all the time that make him look like he's arrogant and selfish and manipulative. And if you then treat him Based on that, you'll break him because he's really polite and positive. It's like a little child inside a big person. And the big person is smart, and I got this together, but really they're emotionally five, six, seven years old. So they screw things up, and then when you go over to them, they just like, they they look so, they they can't believe it. It's like, what can't you believe? What can't you believe? You're not allowed to do this. You can't take money from the wallet. You can't, and you see, you'll realize yourself, we didn't make him better. Because you diagnose the problem wrong. Emotional pain. If the diagnosis is emotional pain, you can't fix it with a punishment and consequences and anger. You have to fix the problem. And really, we should understand that because if a child can't get up in the morning and you find out that he has fever, we don't get angry. We don't think he became lazy. We give him medicine. And that's why we have to come up with a way to judge emotional fever, EF. We have to invent a thermometer that we'll see, oh, the kid didn't wake up in the morning. He has 105 EF. You'll tell this to the Manal, I'm sorry, you can't do that. you're not going to knas him. He can't come in. He has nightmares at night. He has so many of our kids don't sleep. They don't sleep at night. They have nightmares. They have traumas. They can't fall asleep at night. How many of your kids could not sleep, fall asleep at night? It's unbelievable. So let me ask you a question. If you don't sleep well at night, you're not cranky the next day? You can sit and, and, and listen carefully? No. You're going to look like you're ADD and ADHD and OCD and MP3 and JFK. You're going to look like you have every diagnosis in the world if it goes day after day after day after day. They don't sleep at night. How is that possible? Because the shayrish, the source that is neveh, comes all of their problems, is emotional pain. Mamish, unbelievable when you, when, you, when you do that. Remind me by the Shabbaton when we have... 400 parents there, I want to ask that question. How many of your kids don't fall asleep at night? It's not normal. And <coughs> teenagers, what is the big thing that teenagers do? Sleep. sleep. And these kids, they can't sleep. They can't sleep. So of course they can't wake up. So of course they're grouchy. Of course they're not functioning. Their head is, is if you get them up and you pull them out by their ear and you send them to school, half of their brain is still fashlafen. And then what do they get? Attitude. And Nebuch, I'm thinking about if you really think of the tsar of the kid who's really good, and it's not his fault that he can't fall asleep, and then you wake him up. It's like, imagine if you took regular, your healthy, good kids, when they're 10, 11, 12 years old, and you only let them sleep three hours a night. 
And you pulled them out of bed after three hours, and you said, okay, it's three o'clock in the morning, the bus is here, the bus is here, the bus, we gotta go on the bus, we gotta go on the bus, the bus, you know, they'll get out of bed, get out of bed, and we sent them there, and he's like, what? Right? You'd end up having a kid with a lot of diagnosis after a week or two or three or four, it's not shaykh. But if we realize that they're like this for a reason, there's a reason why they can't sleep. Trauma and pain, right? And if we go back and we heal that, then we won't mess up. So, when you know that your kid was a polite, positive kid who likes to please, then when they do something that is clearly not liking to please category, then realize it's not them. And therefore don't get angry and frustrated at them because the them is not them. The them is still good and the them needs your love now more than ever. So you can do it in a positive and polite way. You can respond in a positive and polite way. First you give them a hug and you say, I know that that's not you. I know you didn't mean to. I know you didn't mean to. How many kids steal from the tzedakah boxes and stuff? You can be masaking deep pain in their shayrish neshama, in their nefesh. You can really fix them. When things are bad and you give them a big hug and you say, we're going to get through this together. And the opposite of attachment, disorder. We attach ourselves to them. Not because we're weak. (laughs) This takes so much strength. It's the weak people who scream and yell and fight and this. And then you see that it just makes the kid further and further away, and they get worse and worse and worse because you never fix the problem. So when you look at the positive and polite child and delicate and sensitive, then when they mess up, you have to respond in the way that their nefesh will feel your response. And the first thing is to be sensitive and polite to them. And then when they're calm and you hug them and you relax, you'll get the best out of them. And they themselves will apologize and clean up the mess because they don't hold of it. Just give them the space to do so. You'll get a better result. You'll see it b'chush. You'll see it and in earlier stages. You'll see it. There's chachma and there's bina. Chachma is like you put in, into the, the computer. You do the, ta- you do the crime, you do the time. Right? You did something wrong, now I have to give you a consequence. Bina is wisdom, is understanding. I got a situation here. I can effectuate change in my child through not punishing and get the result that we want, that they actually try harder in school and do better in all of their stuff. So I want to encourage you to think about this because the things that he's doing wrong, clearly, still, are not his personality, because he's be'etzim smart. He's be'etzim not rebellious. He's polite and sensitive. So why would he go and do these harebrained, stupid ideas? So realize that doesn't mean that he's bad, lazy, or stupid. Approach him before logic and intellect. Because all you're going to do, and, and I, want you, I, want, I, want you to, I want to say this clear. While you're going ahead and trying to fix this problem, you're breaking the nefesh. His nefesh is getting, you're going with a baseball bat to the, to the personality of the polite child, or as Rabbi Shimon Grun would say, the UV, right? While you're trying to fix the problem, you're cracking, you're breaking the glass on my table. Because his nefesh is polite and sensitive and can't take that you're upset at him. But he did something bad. So while you're fixing the behavior, you're breaking the nefesh. That's when the kid needs tons of drugs and wants to die. Ichap, because they have a behavioral issue, and we try to deal with the behavioral issue with anger, frustration, tension, intellectual accounting, you know, um, being real, you'll see on, on him that he's breaking inside because you're attacking the nefesh of the yelled. 
So we have to figure out, and that's what TP is, how to get your point across, because we don't want him doing stupid things, but protecting the nefesh ayelid, being shomer. We, TP parents, protect the nefesh of our children. Sometimes they do things that they could be embarrassed, and we realize that's going to break the kid, and we step in front, and we cover up for their shame. Sometimes they do things that are bad, and we hold them on each side, mommy and daddy, because we have to protect the nefesh, the character traits, the, the person, the child, the inner child of this person who's messing up. Any time that you try to make a person who's like we're describing a kip better by hurting and breaking their nefesh, it's the same as taking a baseball bat and breaking their knee because you have to teach them a lesson about money and value of a dollar and being on time and caring about other people. Good lessons, but you broke his knee. So now when he can't go on the treadmill, right, then that's your fault. And use the examples, it's an example, right? When they stop learning and they stop davening and they stop being able to function, that's your fault. Because you took away their functioning because they're broken. They were broken before and you broke them more because you needed to teach them a lesson. So not only do you not get the lesson in, but you also at what cost? Chinuch amiti, says the Nesiv Shalom. Real chinuch? Is not to pressure the student, the child, to behave properly. But to bring him that he should want it. Your kid wants to be good. The problem is that because of his pain and trauma, he screws up all the time. He messes up. He does things that don't make any sense. Because if you would ask him before you got there, if you do such and such thing, is that a smart thing to do? I'll give you ten bucks if you answer right. He'll say, dumb idea. But yet he does it because he's not thinking with a full deck. So when you approach it and you're not sensitive to the nefesh hayeled, the nefesh of the child that is positive and polite and caring and wants to please and hates conflict, hates conflict and hates seeing you upset. They hate it. It kills them. They want to stick a needle in their arm because I'm such a, a mess up and they hate it. They don't want, they want you to be happy with them. And when you approach them and you, you're trying to give your message, you're, I'm doing chinuch now, but you're breaking the person, you lost much more than you gained. So if you're going to say something, you better do it by protecting the nefesh ayelad, and then I'll teach you how to actually say things. But one thing's for sure, if you don't do that, whatever you think you're benefiting, you're breaking the kid. The fever goes up, and if you think your kid's crazy now, woohoo! once the fever goes up, every time it goes up, they get in a different category of crazy. So you have to be very, very careful to be shomer, to protect. You have to protect your child's nefesh, that nobody, especially not you, but nobody else, should ever insult their intelligence, their, their character trait, make them feel like we look down at you. And at the same time, you can try to figure out now, in the next segment, figure out, so what, how do I actually respond when they do these, or when they have these crazy ideas? This is Avi Fischoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.